Hello, welcome to My Sporting Mind. It's Charlie Webster here. This podcast is all about opening up a conversation around mental health and well-being. I'm very happy to introduce to you Britain's Commonwealth Games gold medalist, Alicia Blagg. Thanks for having um, me. Oh, it's great to have you. Now, I think I was thinking on where to start this because you've had, I mean, a lot of people have had a really tough time recently, but you've had a lot of decisions to make. But before we get into that, and the fact that you announced your retirement at the beginning of July, you've actually spent this time completing your undergraduate degree, is that right, online? Yes. So how's it, how's it been having actually that as a focus to help? Um, well, it's been weird. I had my final semester at Miami because I went to the University of Miami for my undergrad and just like not diving because I'd, I'd only just made this decision, you know, obviously I've been thinking about it for a while, but still back and forth on like retiring or whatnot, but you know, not diving and also having to do school online and finish my final semester at Miami was just like, it was really strange. You know, it's kind of like a sad way to kind of end the whole yeah. four year experience I've, you know, worked so hard for, but you know, healthy, I'm, you know, home and everything was fine. So, you know, that's kind of all I can ask for. You but you are back home now, right? Yeah, yeah, You're I got back, back in England, yeah. It was like in yeah. to try and get back home from Miami. Oh, I can imagine. Well, well congratulations. But thank you. On, you know, completing it. And it's in criminology and sociology. Why have you chose yeah. that? Or why did um, you do that? What's your interest? Well, I've always been interested in like crime and, you know, especially criminology. So, you know, I decided to do to start off with criminology and then I finished the course like requirements basically a few years in. So I just added sociology because it kind of go hand in hand. Um, so now I have like two majors, as they call it, in Miami. So yeah, it's kind of just always been in my interest. Oh, and that is amazing. Positive. Like you've got something like really positive. Yeah. I so, can. you know, you said then in, in your answer about you were kind of women and are what to do. Was it that kind of decision? And maybe you can tell us for people that don't know, you know, what ultimately it came down to. Yeah, I've been diving since I was seven and I'm now 23. I've been doing it for a long time, but, you know, a lot of people are saying, like, you know, 23 is an early age to retire, which, you know, obviously it is. But basically for the past seven years, I've just been battling with constant injury after injury. And I kind of had like a career ending injury last year where I tore my labrum in my shoulder. And before all of the coronavirus happened, the Olympics obviously were supposed to be in 2020. So mm. I tore my labrum. That was in May. And the doctors in Miami were like, look, like you could carry on and we could, you know, see if it could get better. But in the end, you're going to need surgery to fix it. So for me, I was just like, let's get the surgery done with. And then that gives me plenty of time to, you know, catch back up and, you know, hopefully be ready by January 2020. So, you know, the Olympic process can kind of start. So I did all the rehab last year and, you know, worked really, really hard on making sure that my shoulder was strong. And obviously along comes out with mental health, like, diving was my livelihood and you know obviously I was there for school too but mainly like you know I was on a full scholarship for the diving team so not being able to dive it was really really hard and I wasn't able to dive for like eight months because the recovery was just so long you know fast forward to January 2020 I'd done my recovery my shoulder was still a bit iffy and then I came back to England for the national championships you know like the start of kind of the qualifying for the Olympics and it didn't go well my shoulder was in a lot of pain. Like I just wasn't mentally there. Like it was just a struggle. So I kind of got my answer there. I gave everything I could possibly give. And I look back and I have no regrets, but you know, it just wasn't meant to be. And that's kind of how I looked at it. But then obviously, you know, the Olympics got postponed and I was like, maybe, maybe I could try and get back. But I mean, I can't even lift my shoulder above here. 
and like for diving you need the full range and it's not even going past like you know yeah you're kind of like holding it, it um exactly, yeah. shoulder height and it's not going it's not, it's even just, even touching your chin or anything no so i mean i'm in just so much pain even just sat here so you know i think i need surgery again mm-hmm. and it was kind of just you know listening to my body and my mind for the first time in like a in seven years so it was just it wasn't an easy decision but it was just something that was needed you know it was it was my time to be done and you know i'm still trying to come to terms with that yeah, um, i can imagine but you know i look back on my career and you know i can smile i gave it everything and i look back and i have no regrets so you know when i went listening to you i was thinking it takes so much courage though you know even if i look at if i kind of compare that to my own i'd find it so hard to to just move away from something that i loved so much it takes so much courage to to actually step away even more so than trying to pursue it exactly i mean you know it's i never thought that i would be retiring at 23 i thought that you know maybe i could try and do 2020 then 2024 like my goal was to do at least three olympics and you know i've done two which is like absolutely incredible and you know maybe i'm asking a little bit too much there but you know like it it's not been an easy decision but for me like i have school I've had distractions to help me through that and hopefully in September you know I'm going to be going to Edinburgh and starting a master's program so I have that which takes away you know it distracts me from maybe the pain that I'm going to be in in a few months time when it actually fully hits like you know that I'm done because you know I've been doing this for 16 17 years and it's all I know yeah and yeah even those moments when because now I suppose it's that point where it's it's not probably quite sunk in. It's a weird time for everyone anyway. And it's almost, I always think it's the real aftermath when maybe next year you're sat watching the Olympics and it's those moments where I think it can really, really kick in. I think that, what, I'm scared for that. Like, I honestly, like, I, I'm really scared to just be having to watch the Olympics and, you know, knowing that I'm not there. And I think that's when the realisation will hit. I mean, we've got a year it, to prepare for that. <laughs> I know, sorry, I didn't mean to kind of oh, no, no, bring no, that up. But it, no, yeah, like, but it kind of came into my head as you like... You think about it, don't you? you know, yeah, and, and I always think it's mind. the... Yeah, when you, when the situations or, um, you know, something like... It's almost like a loss, a, a grief in your life. It's yeah. almost like when things, when everybody else settles back into life, that that's when I think it really hits um, mentally. You did mention mental health. What was the... I don't know, overwhelming feeling for you? Um, I've battled with injury for since 2013. So I, I, you know, you can see on the screen here, I've got a big scar on my wrist. Because you've had like two wrist Two wrist surgeries. So it started then basically when I broke my wrist from hitting the water. So it was from impact and it just never got better. And that brought me all the way to 2017 until I finally had that surgery to fix it. But it was just so many ups and downs, ups and downs, ups and downs constantly and it just it you know it takes a toll on your mental health you know it's like getting knocked down and you know getting back up again and then down again and up and it's just you know as an athlete you think that that's how it's supposed to be you kind of put up with it and for me a few years ago I would just put you know my mental health in a little box to the side because I was just like this is just what it is just to be an elite athlete you have the good days you have the bad days but I mean it wasn't really until 2017 2018 I fully like got help I was just like, this is enough is enough. I would wake up every morning. My heart would be racing. To, I, I didn't want to do the day. Like I just, so I knew something wasn't right. So, you know, to finally take that leap and ask for help, it was, it was a big deal, but you know, I'm a hundred percent better for it now. Like, you know, I still have my like bad days, but you know, nothing compared to a few years ago. 
I spoke to a lot of athletes actually, and injury injury is definitely been a, a factor in their mental health because um, I suppose it almost well it debilitates you right, but it stops you from doing what I suppose is not just your passion but your identity in a sense. When you did reach out and go and see a psychologist, um, what did that feel like? You know, I know you said it was it was hard, and I think a lot of people experience that. It's not always the easiest thing, is it, to reach out? Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, I knew something wasn't right for a long time, and I just, you know, I didn't have the, you know, I just wasn't confident enough to actually face it full on. I was just always, like I said, I'd put it in a little box to the side, and I would just constantly do that because I was just like, in my mind, I was like, I'm fine. like you know, I'm traveling the world. Like I've got amazing friends. I've got amazing family. Like, okay. Like it's an injury. Like it doesn't mean that you have to be depressed and stuff. So like, I would always just dismiss it. But you know, when I finally got help, it was refreshing. Like I've constantly had help, you know, on the, the GB diving team, we have a psychologist with us and she goes, you know, everywhere we go, like she's always on trips. We meet once a week, but it was mainly like, I would just talk about diving and kind of just like, you know, I would say, you know, I'm not feeling great this week you know, I had to have another injection in my wrist, which means like two more weeks out of the pool and blah, blah, blah. Um, but it was when I was in Miami, I finally saw someone and was just like, here's what I'm feeling. And it was kind of just like a step by step, you know, getting better each day, each week, like we would meet like twice, three times a week, you know, because it, it was just something that was very important to me. And also my coach in Miami too, because he was like, you need to be mentally fit to be also physically fit and also be, you know, because I had the stresses of school, the stresses of diving, the stresses of being away from my family and my dad was sick. So there was just a lot going on. And, you know, it took a good year or so to full on feel like how I'm feeling. Like, like I say, I'm still not great, but I'm a hundred times better than I ever thought I was going to be, you know. And you mentioned about you kind of put mental health in a box. Um, and so many people have described it different ways, whether it being um, like a bathtub and it filling into the brim and then spilling over, um, you know, or the, there's um, a concept I think that children use around volcanoes and it, and it erupting. Um, but I know you've mentioned demons, which we did have a little conversation about because that's definitely something I, I, I would have described as well. Can you explain more what you mean by that and also how exhausting that is to kind of have that constant battle in your head? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's just like, You've got someone, I would feel it, like someone in my head just telling me like, you don't need to be sad. You're injured again. Like just, you know, kind of get over it. Like I just had all these little like weird voices in my head where it would say things aren't that bad or, you know, I was having a bad day. Just be like, just, you know, give up. Is it worth it? You're not any good. You're falling behind. You know, when I was injured, it was just like constantly in my mind, I was just thinking all these athletes that I dive in still and get in a hundred times better than me while I'm sat not being able to move my arm and even bathe myself. You know, it was like, it was a lot of constant battles in my head and I would never say it out loud because I would feel silly. So I would just have these constant battles just inside my own head, which would just make me feel really bad. But, you know, we worked on that. Yeah. That's like your critic. And oh my gosh, I reckon so many people <laughs> have that, you know, and you're right. We kind of internalize it, but actually I think, when you start speaking about it, so many people are like, yeah, I, but yeah, I have that voice in my head <laughs> having a go at me, questioning me, telling me I'm not good enough. So how do you think it's the best? I know you said you're still on a journey and you're still working out. And to be honest, I think with mental health, a lot of it is, you know, I, you can live well with it. Um, and a lot of it is going on that journey. 
what do you think has been the biggest help for you and and what do you do now to help maybe counter that critic um last year I just woke up one day and I just thought to myself life isn't bad at all look where you are look what you've done look where you're going to be going for me I live by like everything happens for a reason and that's what helped me because it helped me understand why things happen so like say you know when I had my shoulder when I hurt my shoulder it was kind of like in my mind I was like poor little me like why is it always me blah 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 and that was just not good for me at all because it was just like I was dwelling on it and just it was bringing me down even more so the way I look at things now is just like if something bad happens it's just like okay there's a bump in the road but things get better in time and that's kind of what my mentality is now and it really really helps me because you know I used to be a very negative person and very critical of myself and it was just not good so I've just completely changed that whole demeanor and I do you know have the still the battles in my head and stuff but it's just like hold on no things are going to be okay like you are a badass like you know I'm very positive to myself (laughs) you are a badass (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I mean I'm just I'm very positive I try not to let them overcome me anymore Mm. after announcing this retirement you know I could have gone and spiraled and be like now what what am I going to do you don't have diving like you're a washed up diver now no one's going to remember you like okay and now you're going to go into the real world and just you know but you know I've turned that into a look back on your career look where you're going to be heading like you're doing a master's program you you you're finally home with your family and friends like it's kind of just the whole 360 I've kind of done and it feels great I'm looking forward to waking up every day now which I never thought I would be like a few years ago and is that different from when you were actually diving did sometimes because you said that sometimes when you were diving you didn't feel like you wanted to wake up no I mean you know it was a good year I think it was where I would just wake up my heart would be racing like I'd feel mm. sick because I'm just like oh like I have to do two practices today I have to have three different classes I have weights like it was just like I was dreading the day and I just couldn't wait to just crawl back into bed in the evening yeah. and just sleep it all away because unfortunately when I was in Miami my days were like literally 12 hour days and it was just was one exhausting but also two even more exhausting with the like demons that I was battling in my head every every day I just didn't want to do it like I didn't want to you know I didn't want to do anything to myself I didn't want to hurt myself but it was just I just want to give up and I just want to stay in bed forever it was kind of like yeah and I think that's when to the point isn't it when you're like okay I need I need, I need to work through this. And you mentioned about your career and you use the phrase washed up diver. The thing is, nobody can ever take away your achievements. You know, you can move on, you can progress, you can do a different chapter in your life, but you still competed at 2012. You competed in 2016. You got that amazing gold um, medal in the Commonwealth Games. You've won multiple things that I haven't even covered. <laughs> how, how, because it's so very recent, so I think it's unfair to say, how would you look back at your career? Um, because I think that probably would take time but what what does that make you feel now even me just saying that you smiled I mean it's just you know I if you told seven-year-old Alicia she would have done two Olympics three Commonwealth Games got a medal in two of the Commonwealth Games European medals world medals and stuff it was you know I look back and I'm just flabbergasted by it and it doesn't feel real when you're in that moment and like I feel like every athlete can vouch that you never fully take it in it's kind of just another competition, like, okay, another result, cool, move on, what's next? And you never fully, like, soak it in. Whereas, like, yeah. you know, like you say, yeah, it's kind of too soon to think about it. But, you know, I look back and it's just like, 
I competed at the 2012 Olympics when I was 15 in front of a home crowd. Not many people can say that. And it's something that I really need to like fully sit down and understand that I did that. <laughs> it doesn't feel real. And I really need to take some time to reflect and full on like, you know, go through the medals, go through the photos, the videos and stuff and full on like soak it in because at the time when you're an athlete and doing the competitions and stuff, you don't, you know, you don't. Yeah. Is it almost like move on to the next thing, move on to the next thing constantly. Definitely. And what, what does it feel like? I do want to ask you a bit of a diving question. Um, what does it feel like when you are going into competition and how do you cope with standing there on the edge of the board? Can you take us through that sensation? I mean, it's kind of, the only thing that sticks out to mind right now is just how nervous I was for Rio 2016. You know, in 2015, I was so young, I don't really remember it. But 2016, like, I just remember being stood on that board and you kind of just, you don't have a choice. <laughs> it's kind of like, <laughs> yeah. you have to, you stood on that board, you have to go. go. But like the lead up and the build up to it, like, you know, the night before trying to get to sleep, you're like, oh my God, like I'm competing in the Olympics tomorrow. Like (laughs) I can't mess this up. Like, you know, like again, like you're battling in your own mind. For me, it was very difficult and it's kind of just, you have to breathe. You have to trust yourself and you have to trust your coaches and the people around you and let it go. Because I mean, the more you dwell on it, the worse it's going to be. And for me, I didn't have the best competition in Rio because I was so nervous and just so in my own head. But like you learn how to deal with age and like, you know, now, like, you know, obviously I retired, but a few months ago I was at a competition and, you know, my shoulder wasn't great and I wasn't in a great place, but I kind of just let all that go and just, you have to take it step by step. And that's kind of the way us divers do it is like the more you overthink, the worse it's going to be. And, you know, you said you, um, started what, when you were six, seven, Seven, so yes, so young do you think also that's got to do with the I know I know it's probably a good thing that you started so young because that's why you became so successful but do you think also it's that I can imagine your childhood was different from the majority I mean like going down to the pool god knows what time and (laughs) you know do you think that's also made a, a, a difference or do you think it's had a positive or negative impact or both I mean I think it's both um, I definitely had to grow up quickly. That's for one. That's for sure. Like I had to mature like at a very young age because, you know, I kind of got thrown into synchronized diving with my synchro partner, Rebecca Gallantry, when I was 12 and she was 25. So I had to grow up fast. <laughs> yeah. My face was like, what? Wow. <laughs> exactly. That was her wow. face. That's she was like, like an ad- yeah. That's like an adult working with a child. Like it's not a disrespect, but that's the, the truth. No, it is. It is. And like, I like take my hat off to Becky for being so open about it. Because if someone told me now, if I was still diving, I had to dive with a 10 year old. I'd be like, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we first got paired together in 2009. And obviously the Commonwealth Games was in 2010 in Delhi. And I was 13, she was 26. So that was our first major competition. Um, you know that side of things like the positive side you know growing up quickly and having all these different opportunities was incredible but like you say like the negative side of it was it was such a young age and I was really thrown in the deep end when I was younger and you know I missed a lot of schooling and you know all the stuff that you do as a kid but you know I wouldn't change it for the world but obviously like that pressure from such a young age I feel like did have like kind of a small impact on like my mental health now you know because there's just 13 years old at a Commonwealth Games in India like 
I look back on that and I'm like, how did I do that? You know, you just had <laughs> yeah, to. Yeah, it must have been incredibly intense. But you know, like it, there was no pressure. Um, and my coaches have always been great. They've never been like, you have to do this, you have to do that. You know, it was, they helped me grow up. And, you know, my old coach, Edwin Young Young's, um, he's known me since obviously I was seven. And he had me through my teenage years. And that poor man, like, <laughs> I look back on my behavior. I was, I was so horrible. I was just, you know, a stroppy teenager. Um, and he lost his hair for it. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But do you think that's how you projected yourself sometimes because of the amount of stress and the amount of things you had to balance? I think so, definitely. Like I would, I was very stroppy when I was like 13, 14, 15, like such a diva. Because <laughs> um, like you say, I was trying to do school, I was trying to dive, like I was trying to ball up balance some sort of social life. And, you know, I was looking at my friends, they're doing all these things and I'm just like, I can't, I have training. Like, you know, it, it's definitely had an impact. Yeah. Mm. And what's the, is there anything that you could take um, from your coach or Becky, who was your sync partner? Because I can imagine they were big mentors to you, especially her, because she was so much older than you. What's the, is there anything that stands out to you? Well, it was just, she, Becky especially took me under her wing. We would go to these world competitions and she would just, you know, I, I learned so much from her and it's definitely made me a better person for it today. Like, you know, obviously growing up, I, you know, the teenage years, I was stroppy. But like now, like I'm so much more mature, like I'm very level headed. You know, she's taught me so many things. I just love her for it. She's just like my big sister. She is my role model still. And, you know, we're still very close to this day. And it's just nice to be able to be around like your big sister. I, I used to call her, you know, we'd room together all the time. And, you know, when we were playing, when we we're doing competitions, like she would distract me, we would play cards, you know, and it was just, she kept me very, you know, calm and composed even during the stressful times when I'm sure that she was like freaking out and obviously my coaches like you know they always like believed in me and always fought for me even when I was having all these wrist injuries and stuff they still were like no like you you can't forget about Alicia like you know I always made sure that I was always coming back stronger and better and also Edwin used to dive at Miami with my Miami coach so that's kind of why I went to Miami so he was like a big, like a big impact of why I went to Miami too. So I owe a lot to him too. And what's the biggest thing you've learned about yourself through this journey? Oh my. Um, <laughs> I know it's a hard question. That is really hard. Um, just believe in myself. I've always had self-doubt, but I look back to Olympics, Commonwealth Games, a university degree, like, you know, I, I can do it. That's kind of the biggest thing. Like I just have to believe in myself. Because yeah, you've done a lot for 23. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Still, <to> go, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, and this is your next uh, step in your life mm-hmm. and your journey. And what would you, what's the best advice you could give anyone from um, anybody that feels the same as you? Because I know very different circumstances, but we're ultimately all human and feel those things, you know, not being able to get out of bed in the morning and feel like you just want to stay there because everything's so overwhelming. I mean, exactly. Like for me, the thing that was always stuck out for me was like the lows are low, but like nothing compares to the highs in life. There's been some days where, you know, it was just like, there was no point in carrying on, but thank God, like I'm still here and still living life because, you know, as cliche as this may sound, there is just so much to live for. The future like can hold anything. That's kind of my advice to anyone out there is just like, don't give up hope because it really does does get better and life is pretty sweet 
<laughs> I like that. Thank you so much for no sharing and chatting to us as well. It's really incredibly important, but also just really great to chat to you. So thank you and Hi. good luck with everything. Good luck with Edinburgh. Thank you. And doing your masters and Chapter. maybe we'll see we'll see you at the head of some criminology thing. Maybe you will be a head detective yeah. in Leeds. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, thank you so much and it was really great advice as well. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you. And I hope you all enjoyed listening. Thanks for supporting my charity for their support. And please remember if you are feeling like something isn't okay, you can reach out to charities such as the Samaritans and Mind or Text Shout 85258. Um, as Alicia said, there is help out there. Thanks so much for listening and we'll chat again soon. Bye.